Hey everyone, David here. I want to tell you about my music podcast, On Rotation. It's engaging, interactive, and insightful. Music mm-hmm. entwines with everything. It's something that always rings true to me. So when I need something to kind of root me, I can always go back to music in a sense, you know? Yeah. Join me each episode as we rotate through a number of topics and hear why it's the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Listen to On Rotation wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listening or hearing music can really touch people's souls. That's your space to be like, I've been through this much and I don't have to sit back and cry about it. I'm grateful that I got to the other side. It kind of comes innate. You want to share it with other people. It's literally like my own mind speaking to me through music. You're building a community, and I think that that's the coolest thing. At the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the music. It's about the good vibe that it brings. That's genuine connection to me. Hey, everybody. What's up? What's happening? You're listening to On Rotation, the podcast that's always on replay and never on repeat. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is David. I will be your host and lovely guide. You are currently jamming out to All Night by Chance the Rapper because the Party Master has checked in. That's right, everybody. Party correspondent Deliddy has checked in, and she's going to tell us how to have a good time and keep it going all night. I have decided that if I, and I probably will have you on this podcast again, <laughs> I'm definitely giving you the title of party correspondent Delity. I think it's fitting because like you just always bring so much good vibes and good fun that like it's only fair. You're not wrong. <laughs> so you can have a regular spot if you'd like it. Correspondent. Call me with any party needs. I'll provide them all. Yeah, let's talk about two friends. What do we know about two friends? First of all, we know that they're a duo from like LA. I think they originated. And they are, they're pretty young, I think, too. And they haven't been around that long. And they really, like, rose to fame by doing all, like, these random, like, remixes and stuff. Yeah, their real names are, um, it's not two friends, obviously. Um, it's Eli, oh, God, I'm going to butcher his last name. Eli Stones and Matthew Halper. There we go. And, um, yeah, they're an L.A.-based duo. And they are responsible and mainly known for the, um, Hour-long big booty mixes, all 18 of them. (laughs) That was literally going to be my next question is, I forgot how many there are now because I just cut off at 16. Oh, yes. There are 18 on Spotify. The only ones that are on there are mixes 5 through 18. I don't know where 1 through 4 are, what's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, they're absolutely electrifying. (laughs) Have you heard, like, the first four or the first five? Not the first four. The ones I, like, pretty much listen to the most often are, like, 14 through 18, which is like five hours in itself. (laughs) But those are the ones that I listen to the most frequent, which is like a daily basis. (laughs) Yeah. And you said they last an hour, right? Yeah. They're pretty much like all an hour, like 59 minutes to like 62. And we had them at Assumption. Like, remember, they were like our last minute spring concert. You have a different tale from that night than I do. But like, that was Assumption's most attended. Um, spring concert event like ever yeah that's like how I like first came to even know them was when I crashed assumption spring concert wait you didn't know them before I had no idea who they were I literally dead ass thought you knew who two friends was because I just remember hearing about it afterwards and everybody like are you being like I love two friends like they are so great and I'm like dude I had such a great time like even though I spent most of the show behind the little barrier that I was not allowed in because I never went to assumption PSA. Let's explain that story a little bit for people that don't know. Yes so um long story short I 
crashed my entire friend group's senior week. I never actually went to Assumption. For those who don't know that, now you know. I'm actually a year behind all my friends that went to Assumption. So their senior week, senior everything, was uh, my little junior entourage. Honorary, Honorary hound. I do go by that as well. You got the bumper sticker and everything. Bumper so. sticker. I got the little paw that I think I stole somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's fine. So yeah, um, I like pretty much crashed the concert. No outside guests were allowed, but um, I snuck my way in. All the like administrative cab people looked the other way and I just walked right in. <laughs> so I got to experience two friends up close and personal and it was um, a wonderful time. And now I'm a big fan ever since. <laughs> yeah. And that was something else we wanted or I wanted to bring up with you is why do you think that two friends appeals to college kids so much? I think it's just like EDM music as a whole, I think is tailored a lot to like college kids and like the upbeat fist bumping like music is definitely more not like super new but like a newer kind of style of music edm is a lot of like remixing and like beat drops and like not lyrical like pour your heart out it's kind of like a let's go (laughs) yeah it's definitely like a mood booster and definitely i think the younger generation and we kind of fall into this too we have like shorter attention spans (laughs) so it's like sometimes you don't want to sit there and like maybe listen to a whole song and the good thing about like edm mixes is that they mix so many different songs together that it's like you're never listening to the same thing exactly like they mix so many like different genres of music together from like so many different eras while like they still make a like the big booty mixes for example they're so well done and like entertaining but like they mix like so many different artists from so many eras and genres and just a wonderful experience (laughs) even just like looking them up they do all different genres like alternative and like edm like you said they incorporate so much rap and hip-hop and stuff like that it's just like all over the place so it's never a dull moment literally never a dull moment like from minute zero (laughs) to the very end is just never a dull moment would you say you think that the mixes have the same level of energy throughout them absolutely i definitely think at some points in the mixes they like kind of like go down a little but then like 30 seconds later they pick right back up (laughs) where do you think the mixes apply most like when's the best scenario to play them oh any form of a pregame to a bar outing (laughs) a club outing at the club at the bar or like just like college parties in general yeah, I feel like that was their intention too when they were making yeah. the mixes. It's like, how can we just make something that kids that aren't gonna pay attention to DJing just put on and they just not have to worry yeah, about like it? Yeah, they just click play and then they go do whatever it is they're doing. And I think that's a good concept for families too. So I think we should start playing Two Friends mixes at like family barbecues, just saying. Oh, don't tell me it was a good time. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a great time, I think. Phenomenal time. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual mixes. Like you said, there's 18 of them and you didn't really get into Two Friends like until a couple of years back. So that was probably what, mix number 14, 15 that just yeah, came out? Yeah, probably like 15 I would say 15 maybe 16 is 16 still your favorite no, it's 18 now it is 18 all right so we're gonna rank let's at least rank let's start with 15 through 18 okay. so I'd probably rank it 18 then 16 and then 15 then 17 okay and why 18 Man, I haven't heard it either like all the way so this is the first time I'm hearing it about just it makes you want to go like <laughs> last off <laughs> literally from the second it starts like I mean they're all like super upbeat and exciting and wonderful but like there's just something about 18 like gets the people going (laughs) what are some of the highlight tracks on that like songs that people would recognize it ranges from like Bruce Springsteen like born in the USA it does oh my god what's that new song the song mood by like that guy like that's like pretty much what two friends does is like they take like songs that were published like this year or last year and they'll take like born in the usa by bruce springsteen and like collab them together i mean like that's so dope because then anyone can listen to it and you find something that exactly you like. like no matter what they play like you'll know the words to something for sure and then what was different that made you change your mind from saying 16 was your favorite to 18 
probably just the amount of highs it has. Like it has like some like lower moments, but definitely the high moments are like just pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously there's more than just those. Have you listened to all of them? Like as as many as you can, because you said like one through five are like nowhere. Yeah, to I can't find them anywhere. Maybe they're on like SoundCloud. I don't really use SoundCloud. That would make sense. Yeah, something like that. What about the earlier ones? Like anyone stick out particularly to you? I like 14. 14 slaps pretty hard. Um, I think 11 was one that slaps also pretty hard. Those were like the two that like stick out the most to me that I remember. All right, so 11, 14, 15, 16, 18, we're going to say, are probably the yes. better ones. 18 and 16 are probably like the two best ones, in my humble opinion. <laughs> and I mean, it probably goes to show that they have progressed with their mixes too. Like each one has gotten like better yeah, and better. Yeah, I definitely think that just 15 through 18, like alone, like are astronomically better. 15 through 18 are the ones where like they gain the most popularity, um, at least that I've seen like on social media and stuff like that. Um, I definitely think those are like what kind of put them on the map. Do they have like, do you follow them on social media? Are they pretty like um, active? Yeah, on like there? they're pretty active on um, I think I follow them on TikTok and Instagram. They're pretty popular on like both of them. Like they are on there pretty often. And even like on TikTok, their account, they play like little snippets of like each mix, just like random. Oh, so that's probably good for promotional reasons. Yeah, definitely. They definitely like they have a lot of views on there. And like that way they can like not play the whole mix obviously because it's an hour but um like give like little sneak peeks and from doing some more research on them and seeing how they describe their music they kind of say that they have this blend of music that obviously is just fun and good to listen to and like gets you moving gets you dancing or mm -hmm. whatever but they also want it to resonate with people on an emotional level yeah from listening to their mixes what could you say that emotional level is or where does it like strike you in the heart where you're like, uh, like I'm about to faint. This is so good. Or like, this just made me cry. Like, you know mm. what I mean? Oh, when it's like building up and then like the beats like about to drop and you're just like, Ooh, <laughs> so many good things are about to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like the anticipation of it just getting better yeah. and better. And then like the beat drops and it's just like a solid, like 30 straight seconds of just straight EDM, like, woo. <laughs> Going at it. Yeah, exactly. And do you ever just like, obviously it's been quite some time, but like, are you ever just in the club or ever in a setting and you're just with people that you love, like your friends and you just look around and you're like, I love these people so much. This song is so great. Like you're just having like such a good time. Like nothing else matters. You know what I mean? Like have you ever Oh, absolutely. That? Both like, and I've been to like raves before, like many years ago. I think I was like in high school, actually, like when I went to a couple and like, even just like being around strangers <laughs> and when you're in like that rave environment it's just like so surreal and like ooh, magical tell me a little bit more about those raves like which ones did you go to do you remember well i saw um before he unfortunately passed away i saw beachy live in concert Aww. that was wow i was like pretty far away so like i wasn't like right up in the front row but even back like they played at um td garden he came there and um I sat like literally in the nosebleeds, but like it was still like I was right there. It was incredible. And then That's I went it. to this one called Life in Color, which it was one of those ones where like they paint you, like you wear all white and then they just throw paint everywhere. <laughs> I did one of those as like a run. Have you ever done those as a run? No, I hate running. <laughs> like the color run where you like wear white. I actually have the bandana still. I did that assumption. Like you wear all white and they throw the color bombs at you or whatever. Like I think it's powder or something. Right? Yeah, well when I went to the rave, it was real liquid paint. Powder probably would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've definitely seen both. I think some people do like paint, some people do powder. I think yeah. it depends on what you're trying to <laughs> well is it true that I haven't really been to a rave and I worked like one EDM show when I worked at House mm -hmm. of Blues and I feel like it's common that people wear neon is that a yes, thing it's like a thing they wear like neon and they wear like sparkles glitter and neon are like the main theme at pretty much any rave anytime how many did you go to do you remember I think three I forget the name of the third one that I went to, but it was actually in Worcester. I think I was a junior in high school, like sophomore, junior in high school. I don't remember that one very well, but I remember wearing neon. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's to help match the mood of the music. Like there's just a whole lot going on. Yeah, like on. there's a lot going on. It's vibrant. It's loud. It's in your face. But 
great. Yeah, and the light, like the lights and the effects and stuff are just insane. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, the lights are like crazy, and like they do the little like smoke machines. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all over the place. Place and the lights are just like. Well, what about confetti cannons? Oh, do they, they have do those? confetti cannons. Oh, that's Also beautiful. in the beat drops. Oh, yeah. I know, like, lights and stuff are definitely coordinated and smoke machines for sure. Like, all that stuff, it's crazy to think about how coordinated yeah, it all is. Yeah, and, like, is. how much planning and effort goes into it. Get it wrong. Well, you're going to have some problems. <laughs> we should really find a video of, like, stage fails. Like, the amount of things that go wrong, like, on stage. Especially at EDM concerts. Like, this cannon didn't go off. Well, who didn't load it right? Or, like, you know, like, did that ball go out and nobody told us like what's happening everybody what's going on i know that's insane and just to think about that stuff not happening right now too is also insane because like it's such a huge component of music and like live entertainment right now too like raves probably bring in so much money for the right especially like there are like these festivals that like people host like all over the world there's one in miami every year they're a lot more popular like the weekend festivals are a bigger thing in um like europe but they bring in like a lot of money because like they can host thousands of people for like a whole weekend and they provide sleeping arrangements hotels transportation food drinks all that kind of stuff so like it brings in a lot of money i definitely want to go to like coachella or any of those big outdoor festivals right like coachella (laughs) yeah coachella would be so sick and like that's a whole like cultural experience in itself from the outfits, from the acts. It's basically people just getting together and just doing yeah, and whatever the fuck doing they want. Doing whatever they want and living their best life with a cute outfit on. In the sun, <laughs> in the getting sunshine. tan, drinking some mimosas. I know. Hopefully soon. So we're going to transition to talking about just party bangers and like just songs that are amazing and awesome that party correspondent Delity will be happy to share with us. <laughs> She came prepared. She prepared for this, everybody. I, like she did her I homework. A list. I'm like very, very impressed. So let's go. Let's go through these because they're I just have more effort into this crazy. list than I did ever in my school career. So let's go. <laughs> so yeah. So first, we have a song that you'd want to listen to or has to be on your pregame playlist. Okay. So this one first came to mind just based off of um assumption and my experiences in the six dreams and nightmares by Meek Mill. That one just always <laughs> never fails. Um, and Party in the USA, I feel like is a staple. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can you believe that song is, like, 10 years old this year? Or, like, even older, I think, now. I think it is older. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's at least 10 years old now, which is insane. Make me feel old in 10 words or less. <laughs> That'll do it. Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. Yep. That. <laughs> and then what's a song that makes you go crazy or just go off at the club? Well, there probably are a good like 60 songs that do that <laughs> but my top one that I picked is called My Type by Sweetie for any of my friends who are listening or watching this you know you just know when I when I hear the Hennessy on my lips yeah. <laughs> looks at me and I'm like I'm like I have video evidence too people will pull up the video at any point given time <laughs> me screaming into the phone <laughs> Oh my god, it's hilarious. Uh, yes, I try. <laughs> and then what's a song that just makes you want to take shots or get drunk or just and just any form of binge drinking? Well, obviously Shots by LMFAO is like the shot staple. Staple. You can't like not want to do shots when you listen to that song because like, um, hello. Um, but another one for me is called Every Time We Touch. Oh my god. And I mean, come on. (laughs) You're not wrong. It's one of the, it is definitely one of those dance tracks that like it starts and you instantly turn to whoever you're closest to and just go. (laughs) (laughs) I feel my heart like beating in my chest. Oh my god, absolutely. (laughs) Like, oh, where's a table? (laughs) Let me stand on it. I'll do it or smash it, whatever your style is. Um, both. And then what's the song that makes you want to party with your friends? Um, the song Doses and Mimosas. How does that one go? The one that's like, Doses and Mimosas, Champagne and Cocaine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a good summer one. True. Like, windows down. Yeah. Do you have a summer playlist? Yes, but it's mostly, like, country music. Okay, but that's fine. Like, country music is good for that kind yes. of Yes, I also have, like, a whole, Um, it's called... Bumpin' with the homies. That is a road trip playlist that I have created. 
my little side hobby is making playlists for any mood, anytime. <laughs> like you're speaking my language, literally same. <laughs> All right, what's a good song that you can play a game to? Um, the song Thunderstruck because it is a game. Oh yeah, for people that don't know, it's that game where you have to drink every time you hear the word thunder and you just keep going until the next word of thunder is said again and then the next verse it's literally a disaster it's a train wreck to say the least delity has a good time <laughs> oh my god delity has a great time delity's friends that. do not have a good time <laughs> delity can out drink us all party correspondent delity is the party master here <laughs> what is the song that reminds you of a certain night out so a certain night um dancing queen and i think you can vouch for that because you were there <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that was my third most streamed song of 2020 because of that night. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> because of a bar crawl that we went to pre-COVID, way before COVID. And um, we had such a nice time. It was literally the same day I think the governor announced the mass like shutdown. Yeah, and we were like already like out with like a bunch of other people and doing this bar crawl. Cause like, I don't think they canceled it. They were just like, yeah. Start time's about nine. <laughs> we'll explain this a little bit here. Delaney and I went on this bar crawl. It was just the two of us at first. And we literally show up at the first bar. And it's one o'clock in the afternoon. And each obviously each bar has like its own signature mm-hmm. drink. And this bar had like a Boilermaker thing. And we just like sit down and the guy's like, oh yeah, like this like stout <laughs> and um shot of like Jaeger. And we're just like, uh, okay. what? So at one o'clock in the afternoon, Delaney and I have a shot and a beer. <laughs> we drink it and we're already buzzed. And the rest of the night was history, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> All right. What's a song that makes you want to sing your heart out or sing your heart out to? The first one that came to mind was Jocelyn. Oh, little oh, backstory. We don't need to get into it. We don't need to. It's by Olivia O'Brien. Go go listen to it. Very good quality song. The other one I picked was also Dancing Queen because um. Hello. <laughs> and then um I think my number one song that I will forever sing my heart out to is um Old Town Road. In case uh no one's ever heard of that song. <laughs> like major eye roll for anyone that is Delity's friend, but like for her that's the holy macro. <laughs> it is like... my staple. It's <laughs> literally not that, kidding. that. What is a song that you want to or that you love listening to while you're driving? A song that I listen to literally every day on my way to work is um called beer never broke my heart it's called it's by luke combs anger alert i like to listen to a lot of country music when i'm driving i don't know why really it's just like calming and um it's just nice like sing along (laughs) yeah it's definitely a good mood for that i picked um drink in my hand by eric church because i always want to drink i think that's actually one of the few country songs i actually know banger every time i leave work i put that song on (laughs) oh i believe it um and then i picked best day ever by mac miller r.i.p mac because that is a banger all right what is a song that needs to be played at full volume no if ands or buts the first one i picked is um our anthem it's called cash shit by megan oh yeah Um, we know that one very well we do um i put really anything that meg stallion has written wrote included in produced you name it full volume one two step by sierra crazy in love by beyonce i also put dancing queen in here because that just seems to be my dancing queen is just a universal song for every occasion i did don't stop me now by queen fancy by iggy azalea and then also anything that rihanna has produced or been included in in anything ever period solid solid (laughs) What's a song that needs to be played at the beach? So any and all country music, period. But two songs that I particularly picked out are Knee Deep and Toes by Zach Brown Band. Because they're so, like, calming. Yeah, I don't listen to them that much, but I've heard a few of their songs. And I think it does, like, it is exactly what you said. It's very calming. Yeah, it's, like, calming and, like, soft. It's not, like, very upbeat country music. But it's like definitely one that like you want to sit in the sand. I think beach moods can be either that or they can be the opposite where you're just high energy all mm-hmm. the time. But I feel like you need that at the beach. Like if you're just chilling, like hanging out, like yeah. that's good. But then you can also be like partying and out so we're clubbing and things yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. What is the song that needs to be played at a sports game or rally? Well, coming from the world's biggest sports fan ever. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Shipping up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. And then for those who don't live in Boston, 
number one, I'm sorry. Number two, <laughs> Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. And we have to just mention a special shout out for obviously the Neil Diamond song that plays every single time at Fedway. <laughs> it's like literally there is no other experience on the face of the planet. I will go to my grave saying that than being at Fenway Park and singing Sweet Caroline with everybody. Like seriously, when Fenway Park opens to the public again, I can go and they like a high start here and then play it I'm literally gonna have a meltdown <laughs> oh my god it's just so iconic and it's just so great like it gives you chills it makes you feel all good inside like it's just so great <laughs> and the fact that like the bum 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 is just everyone pop like the music literally stops and everyone's like at the top of their lungs bum, bum. <laughs> And then when they're like, good times never seem so good. So, oh, my. so like, yeah, literally. And everyone just knows and they just sing it and it's... Uh, it's so great. What is a song, like a banger that you think is overplayed? So even though I'm a massive fan of this song, um, Sicko Mode by Travis Scott. Love Travis Scott, love Sicko Mode. I listen to it still pretty often. Basic, but... Um, <laughs> I definitely feel like that song is ferociously overplayed. I still hear it on the radio all the time. Those songs like go through their cycle on the radio and then they like exit. Sigma Mode has not done that yet. <laughs> I think it's because it's one of those songs that has so much going on that it could very much be like its own mix. Yeah, it really And it just, it's so long mm -hmm. too. Like, I mean, I like it too, but I honestly don't understand the full hype behind yeah. it. Like, it's definitely one of those things that after a while, I'm, yeah, I'm like, just kind of like, oh, this again? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, like, senior year, too. Like, junior, senior year, I think, is when it Yeah, I think it was, like, your, I think it's your senior year is when it came out, because I played it nonstop. <laughs> Honestly, I think Travis Scott puts out really good music in general. Like, I don't know how much you listen to his stuff, but I feel like everything he puts out is so consistent. I, I agree with that. Pretty much, like, I listen to him, like, a pretty good amount. He's probably, like, my top five like favorite rappers and I think he consistently like has put out good stuff yeah I saw him years ago when he opened up for Rihanna in Hartford like Hartford Connecticut and it was insane to think about how much his career has taken off since then and like he's a headliner yeah. and like people open up for him and like I just remember seeing him and thinking this guy is definitely on drugs <laughs> like he is on acid Cody like he's done everything before the show possible like he jumps around the stage he jumps into the audience he's like insane to see well, I remember he was like a meme for a while because like when he was on stage at like some concert I'll have to I'll have to pull up a photo at some point but he yeah. was literally like a meme because he was just like going nuts on stage and like, just the look on his face like he became a famous meme oh my god and then he was with one of the kardashians right oh, yeah does he have a kid with like kylie it is kylie i don't follow any of that shit so like i don't really know i just know one of them got impregnated by travis scott and now they have a baby um apparently the kardashians have like 12 kids i didn't know that I didn't know that either. That is some new information. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> Kardashians have 12, 12 kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, what is a banger that is underrated or you think people should know about? This song is like pretty well known, but I think it needs to be like more well known. It's the song Hot Girl Bummer by Black Bear. Yeah, that's Black a good Bear, one. I feel like, is so underrated and so like not well known we need to fix that <laughs> like we both like black bear and like all of his music that he puts out i haven't followed him from the beginning but i definitely got into him this past year because he just put out an album last year and it was so good Slap. and he's another one of those artists that makes this music that's so diverse and it just mixes a bunch of different genres together that it's like you never get bored listening to it i feel like he's definitely like unique in his own way like he makes like his own unique music he doesn't follow in line with like everyone else he kind of goes like his own way and like does his own thing but still makes good music that slaps <laughs> oh yeah for sure so hot girl bummer everyone write it down i have this one song it's on my summer playlist and i remember finding it out i think a few years back i'm like do you know the good vibes playlist on spotify I think, I think so i think you showed me it actually oh yeah like the good vibes playlist is so good for discovering new music like feel good music edm that kind mm -hmm. of stuff and there's this one song called Sunburn. It's by this DJ or whoever, producer, artist named, I think it's Dreal or something like mm -hmm. that. And that song, like, it just builds and it has so much energy. And, like, I listen to it with just, like, the speakers on full blast and, like, the bass and everything just 
it's so different. It's such a good song. Well, I'm gonna have to go listen to it after this. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to send it to you, honestly. It's so good. That sounds great. What is a song that you feel everyone comes together for because they know all the lyrics? I picked both Sweet Caroline <laughs> and the song Don't Stop Believing. When that song comes on, I think literally everybody knows that song. I agree. Like, that is one of those timeless songs that every generation will definitely know. Like, when I was in middle school and we had those, like, middle school dances, that was, like, the little outro song was always Don't Stop. Oh, my God, no way. Literally every single one. (laughs) Like, middle schoolers know the song. Kids know the song. Mom and grandpa know the song. Like, everyone knows it. Yeah. And, like, it just definitely brings people together. 100% 100% agree. <laughs> don't stop believing. And the words, too, are yeah. so powerful. I don't stop believing. <laughs> it's just, it applies to so many situations, scenarios, too, that everyone's like, yep. Yeah. What song do you think has the best dance associated with it? So it could just be because I'm a Gen Zer. I think I'm Gen Zer, but um, I immediately thought of TikTok dances. <laughs> and that's fair. I picked the song, that song Mood by 24K Golden is his name and ian dior i think that's such a stupid name just uh, yeah, I, I keep every time i see it that song has been in the top 10 for so mm-hmm. long i keep thinking why is bruno mars 24 carats still up there <laughs> and i'm like wait oh, oh that's not, not a him. song that's a person okay um yeah i like how, when i was writing it down on like my little notes i think i had to look at it three times to make sure i got the name right <laughs> 24k golden missing the e i need to look up where the hell he got that <laughs> name from like where like how did you think of that as your stage right name? i mean the tiktok dance though slaps and then i have one more i want to ask you because this is definitely probably the most important question what is the song that you are waiting to hear once COVID is over and we are allowed to go back into the clubs oh, together wop. Wop. I, I knew that's what I <laughs> wop body Anything that Meg the Stallion has put out ever, definitely WAP, though, takes the cake. I've seen so many people, like, talk about it and tweet about it and just be like, we haven't experienced that. Yeah, and it's going to be such a cultural yeah. phenomena, like, when it actually happens. Like, our first outing at the club post-COVID, like, I feel like everyone's just going to collectively, we can put that one under what brings people together <laughs> when oh, they're there, yeah. because post-COVID in the club, everyone's going to be like, <gasps> and that's going to be one of those songs, like, at our weddings with our kids, we're going to put it on, and our kids are going to be like, what is this? Like, they're going to have no idea. Is it playing at my mother's wedding right now? <laughs> Do you think you would have a really sappy, I hate to use the word sappy, but sometimes it's true, but do you think you'd have like a more sappy like wedding playlist type song or like you know like how people have a wedding mm-hmm. song that they do their first dance to or whatever like do you think you would be one of those people or would you definitely choose something more like fun and upbeat Ooh, like that's so hard because like the party correspondent Delity wants to put on like WAP and that can be my wedding song um <laughs> but at the same time like it's such a sentimental moment like I don't want to ruin it <laughs> I feel like it's fair to have two like you should have like if I was doing it I think the first one should be the really soft emotional one and then the second one should be the fun one because then it's like all right we're done with that we're done with the tears like we had our little moment next (laughs) like I have my wedding song picked out and it is like a slower song and it's like a very like soulful song but then I really this idea came to me because like my friend Brie told me about what she wants her wedding song to be and I thought of a song that was kind of similar. You know, the song um, Dangerous by Cardinal Official <laughs> and Akon. It's like, that girl is so dangerous. Like that song. I just love that song so much. It's one of my favorite hip hop songs. And I was like, can this be the song that like my significant other or even me like just walks down the aisle to? And it's like, they're coming down the aisle. And you're like, yeah. I think that <laughs> yep, to be yep. your walking down the aisle song. Honestly, it would be hysterical. All of, like the heads in the room would just burn. Like, could you imagine? I can't imagine. That'd be really funny. Yeah, we might we might have to put that in the book. I think my like walking down the aisle song might just have to be like shipping up to Boston or Old Town Road, just because I've played it so often and it just follows me everywhere. <laughs> that um, it would be inappropriate not to. <laughs> We're going to go to our graves hearing that song. We're going to be in old people in rocking chairs, and you're going to be like, hey, you guys want to hear something? 
It's going to be written on my tombstone. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> Died from partying too hard to Old Town Road. I want to be buried on Old Town Road. <laughs> we'll, we'll find one. We'll put you There's on one in my it. town. Oh. <laughs> Don't worry, I already found it. You want the horses to bring you there? Yes. <laughs> it's only brought. fair. I want my casket on top of a horse bringing me to Old Town Road. <laughs> I love that. So the horse can take me to the Old Town Road. And I can ride till I can't no more. <laughs> In peace. <laughs> there you have it. Thank you, party correspondent Delity, for everything. We definitely will have to have you back on in the future for more insight into the universe of EDM bangers, two friends, and old town. Big booty mix. I got all the knowledge. <laughs> Dream big booty mixes. What was it again? Which ones were your um, favorites? 18 and 16. We'll 18 and 16. We'll now. And then I'll have to get that list from you and put it somewhere so that the people can find all of your suggestions. <laughs> yeah. All my suggestions, go do them. <laughs> you want your party to be a Liddy excursion. <laughs> a Liddy time, a Liddy time from the Liddy herself. This week, the Grammys happened, 63rd annual Grammys celebration, the biggest night in music, and they had to do performances a little bit different this year, so Andrea Nastri is here, and we are going to talk about the Grammy performances, right, Andrea? The Grammys! Yes, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me, David. Of course, I'm so happy that you're here. I feel like you're definitely one of the biggest connoisseurs of pop culture that I know these days. Would you agree with that? I just, I love Twitter. That's the thing. Like, I just love Twitter and it's all over Twitter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like when I was watching the show too, I'd always go on Twitter in between like the commercials just to see what people are saying. And like some of the bigger companies and music industry names like iHeart and like Spotify or VH1, just seeing what they're highlighting and what they're talking about, but also what the fans are talking about. That's why the music exists, you know, is me tweeting about Taylor Swift, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And she was one of the performers. And Andrea, you can take it away on Taylor Swift because you are one of the biggest Swifties I also know. Um, it was very anticipated. We knew that her two producers, Aaron Dessner and Jack Antonoff, were going to be featured in the performance. She didn't reveal how, but it was said before that the producers were going to be involved. And I love Jack and Aaron, so I was super hyped. I feel like it's important to mention I'm like a really big Swifty. So I was so excited for the show. She was nominated for six. She only went home with one, the biggest one. But everyone was like, what the heck is she going to sing? Like she put out so much music this past year. So she had so much to put out. So what's she going to sing? And she ended up doing a medley of three of her songs. It was Cardigan, which was nominated a couple times, which went into August, which is my favorite song off of Folklore. So I cried a lot. (laughs) Not afraid to admit it. And then she went into Willow, which is her single off of her more recent album, Evermore. I don't know how you felt, David, but I felt like it was magical. It was just beautiful. And the dress was beautiful. The set was beautiful. I thought the three of them sounded so just they're so talented. Mm -hmm. I know I'm biased in this one, but I was just really impressed. From watching it, I definitely thought it was a change of pace throughout the night. Before her, it was Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack's new duo name. And then actually right after Taylor Swift and went into a string of tribute performances. So hers kind of was very, like you said, melodic, and it was very like soft and very cozy. She very much tried to do what she said in her acceptance speech for album of the year, which was step into that fairy tale world that she created or that fantasy world that she created. I think she did that with her performance. I think so too. Yeah. And she always jokes. She's like folklorians or fairies in the woods. Like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) That was what that performance was. So, Mm -hmm. but I totally agree with you. I don't really know the order of how you want to do things, but Harry Styles opened and, you know, I love Harry, but I just felt like his performance wasn't Grammy level. I think it was the set. I don't know if that has to do with budget or COVID. It kind of felt like 
an SNL performance. <laughs> I kind of felt the same way. Like I actually, okay. I had turned it on and I started watching it and then I walked away cause I was making something to drink and I came back and I was like, Oh, he took his scarf off. That's it. Like it was very much yeah. like kind of what you were alluding at Andrew, like you're opening the Grammys and I felt like the energy just wasn't there. I feel like the opening slot is arguably the most important because that's the one that's going to like pun intended set the stage for the rest of the show. Yeah. And then it went into Billy, which was also really like quiet and calm. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I am hyped. My energy is through the roof. And like, this is what I'm watching. Like, yeah, I think it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't matching as well as what people would have expected the Grammys to start off as. The Billy performance I thought was good because I like Billy and I like what she can do with her voice and with her sound in general. I think it was kind of neat to do it a little bit more low key and to not do something completely crazy. But see her, she felt Grammy worthy. Like she was standing on that car and her brother was there and it was just mm. the the effect was there. The aesthetic was there, you know? So I wasn't really that bored watching it. Mm-hmm. And like you said, she's just, her vocals are so good. Yeah, she sounds exactly the same live as she does on record. And talking about like the sets, they did something, obviously they had to do a lot of things different, but they put all of the different performers in that first half in like the one big room and they kind of were all like spread out around and they highlighted the different nominees for record of the year throughout the night. I think almost every single one of those people performed as well. I don't know. What did you think? I felt like they did a pretty good job making it flow and like just like the performances in general kind of have something real to them. I've watched all the award shows this year that are music related and some of them just wasn't it. You got to give them the benefit of the doubt because they like are all trying and there's different regulations at different times they have to follow. And, you know, I kind of think like props to them for trying. But I do feel like the Grammys did a really good job. I didn't notice any like technical issues. It didn't feel that awkward to me at any points. I mean, obviously they're all masked and they're all super spread out and like coming on and off the stage is awkward. But if that's the most awkward thing, I mean, I think they did a pretty good job and I just hope they do it safely. You know, we don't want any super spreaders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would that would very much be unfortunate. I think everyone for the most part did a good job. Even the host, I can't, I'm blanking on his name, but he did a really good Trevor job. Trevor Noah. Of, yes, Trevor Noah, thank you. He did a really good job at like, maintaining that sort of security that people were following restrictions and doing things as they should as someone who's like super anxious about the virus i'm like okay i can like sit and relax and like no taylor swift is safe (laughs) (laughs) exactly so somebody that i was surprised about and i didn't really i've known them but i haven't followed them until like this past year they really kind of blew up and i always forget how to pronounce it but i think it's heim or haim when they performed Heim, yeah. yeah Heim, I loved their performance. I thought they were so good. They had such good energy. Like they're three sisters from the LA area, I believe. And I think they just like crushed it. Like obviously Harry, we kind of said was, you know, like not the greatest opener. Billy was cool. Like she kind of carried the torch a little bit higher. But like Haim, when they performed, I literally was like, I love this. Like I love them. I just think they have a really different sound. Like go on their Instagram. Like they're they're just so cool. Like they just have this whole like confidence thing about them that I just admire so much. Yeah. And I was reading about them during the show and they kind of have this cross section of older like 70s like pop and like indie rock but also like 90s r&b like they really they meet in the middle of so many genres which i think is really yes and i think that's why it's so unique you know yeah and like i said their chemistry their chemistry as sisters which is you know awesome and like kind of rare to find i think these days with groups like I feel like working with your siblings can definitely pose a lot of issues, but they seem to make it work. And then after was Black Pumas, which was another group that I hadn't really known a whole lot about. And I was the lead singer. He came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, (laughs) I was I was screaming on the on the couch. Like, what? I was like, who is this guy? Like, he was incredible. Like in the note he hit at the end where he just like backs off and he's letting his voice just carry. Like my roommate was watching it with me. And she goes, Mm -hmm. so many people could have messed that up and he just killed it. I think that was like back in that little room there, or not little, the room they're in, it seems like. 
so it was kind of cool seeing like how they did the sets too throughout the night they like utilized that one space Mm -hmm. yeah they transitioned from like person to person act to act the Mm -hmm. first three were like back to back and then they kind of you know they take their breaks here and there they must have rotated the artists out because obviously whenever they presented the awards the only people that were allowed outside on the stage or on the ground were the people in that category so they probably had so much behind the scenes stuff going on for like moving people and who could be in Mm. this room at this time and stuff like yeah crazy such a jigsaw puzzle but yeah I I mean I thought it was entertaining like I I don't really know a lot about them but it was fun to watch they gave me a very like bluegrass type sound and I was Mm -hmm. I was really into it to say the least (laughs) I was I was eating I was eating that up that was really good somebody who had and this is the next performer too somebody who had just over the top orchestral but like entertaining at the same time was the baby he was on a whole another level like what did you think of his performance what was that one i'm i guess i'm blanking on it like with the gospel choir in the background and oh, the girl who yes. had the violin it's coming back to me now so i guess it didn't really <laughs> stand out that much but i thought the violin playing was like so interesting and just love a good gospel sound you know yeah. i think it was yeah. funny that the gospel singers were basically older women with like you know, uh, yeah white hair and like they were having fun like you could just tell and he's being like overly the top with like being like a conductor and like shaking his hands like tell them what to do it was, it was funny it I must think. be so wild to perform twice because he was with dua too yeah let's get like, into duas too because i'm not a huge fan of her but i like her but her performance i thought it was good like i don't remember her ever like putting that much into her performances but I feel like she really brought it oh my god this was one of the three performances I was like this is a high a big highlight I don't know if you've seen those videos of her dancing like way back in the day on a stage but she used to not be a good dancer at all and people used to like low-key make fun of her for it but she like has clearly taken some dance (laughs) lessons and um, learned how to work it. I just thought it was so good. It flowed really well. It was not so over the top, but her performance was like what stood out. There wasn't anything like, like she wasn't levitating in the air. Like she's done at some other award shows. Like it was just Mm -hmm. her and like the music and the dancing and the costumes and it just stood out so much. I could talk all day about that performance. I thought it was so good. Like I said, I think she brought it. Like you said, she had a couple different costume changes and each one she looked so good in. She also won the award for, I think it was best pop vocal performance. And she was giving me like Cher vibes with like the dark hair, kind of the middle part and like the sequence. Okay. Dress. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> Yeah, and her, like, her outfit, she looks so good, too. Like, and I forget, she's, like, 24, 25, so she's young, Mm -hmm. and she's already, like, she's a global superstar, and she's gonna be that for definitely, like, years to come. Besides her and Taylor Swift, did you have another performance that you think really stood out to you? Megan the Stallion. Yes. (laughs) Um, That was just amazing. (laughs) I can't even, like, think of an appropriate adjective. (laughs) All you have to know is like the big shoe and the the bed that took the size of the stage. It was insane. Oh my God. Not even that, like her set before Cardi came on was just like her dancing and just the vocals. I mean, I am team Meg the Stallion. I love that girl. I think she is just, this is just the beginning. Oh yeah. Like she walked (laughs) away with three Grammys. One was best new artist, which is insane. Like, and her reaction every time was so funny. She was like, in shock like imagine winning best new artist and then you win another award with beyonce (laughs) what do you even say she was just like fangirling i was like yes and that was the album where beyonce tied the record for most grammys won and then not too long after she broke it i cannot believe beyonce has the most grammys 28 grammys that is good for her i just (laughs) i love everything about that I cried I was like this is one for the girls (laughs) (laughs) it definitely it was a big night for the ladies like a lot of women walked away with awards and like the performances as well including the couple of country performances there was Mickey Guy and Miranda Lambert and Maren Morris with John Mayer actually and those were back to back 
Those kind mm-hmm. of flowed really well too. And they put them all in that same room where some of the other performances were held. So they kind of went from one to another. What did you yeah. think about any of those performances? Because I know you're also a country girl. I love country music, especially the country girlies. So I'm a huge Marin Morris fan. I love Mickey Guyton. Miranda, I'm not too into Miranda, but I still like her. But I saw a tweet that was like, the fact that the Grammys put three country women back to back and a country award show can't even do that. I mean, the inequality in the country music world is just so bad. And I think it was just so cool of the Grammys to kind of like give country women a moment. Also, I think it's important to mention that Mickey Guyton was the first Black female solo country artist to ever perform Mm -hmm. on the Grammy stage, which is just so wild that that was a first in 2021. But Mickey Guyton is a very up and coming country artist. She also just had a baby and was like up on the stage. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple months ago she delivered the baby so she does it all (laughs) mickey mickey's our girl so i was really happy and she was nominated for best country song which was another big deal because she was again the first black woman solo performance to be nominated in that category I loved her performance like I she looked good good too like the dress everything like it was very it was simple but it was incredible like it was the choir and her just literally belting out her song I sat back on the couch and I said yep that's how you do it like I think for me that that's probably arguably my favorite one of the night because it just it Mm -hmm. felt so powerful and as what you were saying Andrea like all the other things behind her and her career at this point made it even that much better and I just loved that she sang her song Black Like Me because we need more space for that in mainstream media and I think it was just so beautiful to watch Mm -hmm. I could I could cry right now like talking about it and one artist too that really made a statement with his performance was Lil Baby how he had mm-hmm. the whole like setup outside I think it was outside the convention center yeah. and he had you know the actors that were imitating like different riots and protests that was very reflective mm-hmm. of this past year with Black Lives Matter and he had two people that did like almost like a spoken word concept what yes. do you think of that like goosebumps head to toe the words were just so incredible it was a heavy performance I think for everyone but again we need more space for stuff like that to reflect on and understand better so I think it was appropriate and another great performance of the night absolutely and that came actually later in the night he was one of the last people to go on and something I'm always curious about with the Grammy performances is you know staying interested because obviously they put off the biggest award to the very very end and it's like okay everyone's waiting to see who wins but at the same time you have to keep us engaged and the performers really are important at that do you think the performances at the end kind of kept that energy up and kept people interested I don't feel like the energy was that high for me at the end but you also have to think BTS they definitely put at the end because I mean there's an army of BTS fans like literally so I get why they did that can we also talk about how it was three and a half hours long that is just way too long like Mm -hmm. too much I mean who wants to stay up until almost midnight waiting for record of the year when they can look online next year maybe they should have shifted around a little more to answer your question I think that's a fair answer I did like BTS's performance because you mentioned it like it was it was fun to watch it wasn't like I wouldn't say it was the greatest one of the night but it was it was cool like they kind of recreated the set like Mm -hmm. somewhere else and they had like a bunch of transitions which were really nice and you know they're very they're obsessed with that song yeah dynamite song so good yeah Mm -hmm. like they're a very well-versed group i would say they they know what they're doing and i think their fans were happy that they were nominated you know it's another performance this is what this is what we have to look forward to nowadays like i was so hyped for taylor and just like see your favorite like up there is fun so i get why they were last they've been last (laughs) at other award shows too so they want to keep those ratings up and something that was really funny too i don't know if you might have caught this because you're obviously a 
always on Twitter, like you admitted. But <laughs> something that I was so excited and ready to see once I knew it was happening was how Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack were performing. Because Bruno Mars had literally put out a statement saying, can you help a suffering musician? Like, let me perform at the Grammys. Like, I need money. Like, he was not afraid to just say, like, what he needed. And they let him. Like, they had him and Anderson on. And I thought their performance was so funny. It was very like (laughs) old school, like 70s, like very much how like the song sounds. It was so funny. Like Anderson Pack had like the heart shaped sunglasses. I I need, I need those sunglasses. (laughs) Um, I thought they sounded great. I didn't think it stood out to me personally, but just that whole thing where he wanted to perform at the Grammys was so weird to me. I was like, you're Bruno Mars. You just put out a song when you haven't put out music in mm-hmm. forever. Like, what? Why are you going to be on the Grammys? <laughs> it really makes you question, like, what he's been, like, what has he been doing this whole time? <laughs> right. You know? I'm like, Bruno, where you been? Like, I don't know. It was it was kind of odd to me, but yeah. laugh about it? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he also did the, the Little Richard tribute, which I thought was really, really cool. It always upsets me just thinking about how many, like, great people in the industry are lost every year. The host was saying, like, you know, there's a list of over a thousand or so people that they lost in the past year, and it really is sad. So the tributes can be a little bit touchy and a little bit sensitive to some people. Like, I kind of got emotional watching a few of them. The Little Mm -hmm. Richard one was a little bit more fun. The one that made me, like, tear up was probably the Kenny Rogers one, which Lionel Richie performed. And at the end, they showed a photo of the two of them together. And I know that picture. I was like, oh, really? You have to do that? (laughs) I said, and I quote, Lionel, get out of here because you're making me sad. Like, it was it was good. It was really, really good. And Lionel Mm -hmm. looks Lionel looked amazing, like performing. He has such a good voice and a good presence. And he's Mm -hmm. obviously been doing it for so long. So I think they asked the right person to do it. I agree. That was a nice moment. And then um, Brandy Charlie performed the John Prine tribute. And she's someone, too, that I don't really know that much about. So I had to look her up. But I thought her performance was really, really powerful, too. Like, she said a really nice, like, short statement at the end, like, thanking John for everything that he contributed to, like, the music industry. And I thought that was really touching as well. It's nice that they, like, take that moment. But I agree with you. It, it kind of br- it brings down the mood, you know, like, I'm up here. And that is down here. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it's important to acknowledge because, you know, if I was doing all that work, I would want to be acknowledged once I passed, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And I think they found really beautiful ways to do that. I really liked too when Brittany Howard and Chris Martin performed and Brittany Howard like just has one of those voices that you just can't forget. I guess kind of at the end, I felt a little like, all right. when is it over yeah but I think overall I was so entertained the whole time like there was always something to like look forward to like there was always someone exciting coming up I don't know if it's just because it was like a lot of people that I like did you feel that way that you were like entertained the whole time up until like little baby's performance like the energy was kind of dying out a little bit then i saw like doja cat was coming on i'm like okay like i want to see what she does because she's someone who always will take a song that she has and then do like a different arrangement of it each time and that's kind of what she did i think by the time like she came on i was kind of like all right like you know that's all who like i really want to see i also wanted to mention on the podcast that i was disappointed with wop I support those girls. I support the message of that song. I love the song, but it seemed a little all over the place. And I did a reaction video and like watching it back, I was so distracted by the lip syncing. Like they were Mm. so clearly lip syncing. Like at one point, Cardi B hit her mic Mm. and like you didn't hear, like it was just, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else even noticed that, but it was like so distracting to me. I know it was an iconic performance. The set, I guess was cool, but it was kind of like, where are we? Where's the camera? Mm -hmm. Like I was a little lost. I would say that like, I liked it because it was just absurd. Like it was over the top Mm -hmm. to say the least but i'm glad energy was there (laughs) yeah the energy was there but i'm glad you mentioned the lip syncing thing because i had the same thought because from her like from her doing so much moving around and dancing and whatnot i was like 
there is no way like i'm sorry cardi but like there is no way that she was that on point and on key the whole entire time yeah and i don't know if it was like pre-recorded or if it was live and they were like there's a technical issue like i don't i don't know what was going on <laughs> like but i i don't know i i had really high expectations another thing about that performance was megan's set loved it highlight of the show for me but like the aesthetic if you will didn't like flow into cardi's set so i was kind of like what and then Megan had like three costume changes and I was like what is going on there's a high heel with money in the shoe three costumes but, that she did look good in in every single oh, one by the way like yes. she she has an amazing body but yeah I kind mm-hmm. of I can kind of see your point there definitely there was a little bit of disjointment there between the transitions of the sets all love for them though I think that was a very successful song this year and deserved to be performed. I think the performance had highlights. Yeah, it just seemed a little messy to me. I was disappointed. Who do you think had the best set? Because we talked a lot about the sets. So who do you think really had the best one that went with their performance? This is so biased, but Taylor Swift, I don't know. Just that fairy (laughs) house. Jaw to the floor. I was like, what the heck? Her set definitely stood out to me too. I don't know if I had like a favorite, but I liked different aspects of some people's sets i liked how billy kind of kept it simple with the car which was also reflective of the music video for everything i wanted and like for some reason i don't know why this is coming to my head probably because it low-key scared me but post malone's performance was like very like creepy with like these background singers or actors with like the light on their head and they were dressed in like these really gargantuan robes like it was creepy, but like it really made a statement. It was very like melancholy. It definitely wasn't one of the best in my opinion, but I was shocked how short it was. I mm. feel like it was like a minute long. It wasn't, but like, I was like, that's it. Like, I want more, like mm. give us a little more time. He was probably <laughs> under a time limit. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Who do you think sounded the best? Like had the best just delivery like live vocals i think mickey guyton she sounded incredible she was arguably my favorite performer of the night but someone else Mm -hmm. too like bruno mars just stood out to me because when he was singing i go he has to be lip singing like that just sounds too good to be (laughs) true well you know that's the thing i wasn't mad at cardi for lip syncing either but Mm -hmm. they they do it all the time on these award shows that is not like a secret you know (laughs) yeah it's understandable yeah he did sound good who do you think had the best chemistry or like just the best presence because obviously we had like a couple duos in a band maybe Haim because I mean they are one of my faves of the night but I guess I was just so excited for them I was like yes like the three sisters are up there doing their thing like everyone in that room like watch them like (laughs) watch watch these girls like they're good I just think that they they're so cool I think, like I said earlier, their energy as sisters and performers just really showed. I do think Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack too had a really smooth thing going on with like their performance. I think for the most part, like everyone kind of worked really well together. I felt like it was a little weird kind of bringing this up again, like Maren Morris and John Mayer. Like I know John Mayer is like known for his guitar playing and his songwriting and things like that, but he didn't sing or really do anything else. Why was he there? She doesn't need him there. Give her her moment in her red dress. (laughs) Sit down, John. Did you feel like that was random? I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, like, that sounds cool. Like, I'm curious to see how it plays out. But I was kind of like, meh. Like, I would never discredit John Mayer. Like, he's awesome, whatever. But like, I didn't think he needed to be there necessarily. She could have handled it. My girl Marin was on it. Don't worry, everyone. She's a great performer, too. I remember thinking in the beginning, I was like, she doesn't sound as assertive or like strong live. But then after like the high note in the song came and she started belting, I was like, oh, wait, there it is. I think with Marin, some people don't really know how to like work the area of the stage, if that makes sense. But she does. She She knows how to like fill it up and like entertain you not over like fill it up but like just enough mm-hmm. and even her like standing in that gown that she was in I was still entertained by like her body language and stuff so again I was like why is John Mayer there 
yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> I gotta let it go. <laughs> and yeah, like, I'm kind of thinking back to how we mentioned Harry earlier, not really, like, impressing too much. Like, maybe if he did have more room, like, that could have been something, because he didn't really have, like, a lot going on with his performance. It was very simple. I thought Doja Cat, like, used her space really well. Like, it was, like, this space kind of theme thing, and she, like, jumped out of the tank and, like, came forward. Like, she did a whole lot with hers. I feel like she's always, like doing something like that which is entertaining to watch and out of the box is there somebody that you were really excited to see and they just didn't live up to your expectations harry there was so much possibility it's just frustrating because you know he can't he performed what song was it again did he do adore you or watermelon sugar watermelon sugar it was okay yeah i couldn't remember which one and that song too he was nominated and won for so that was kind of cool mm-hmm Well, thank you, Andrea. I'm so glad you could join me. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. It was so nice to like nerd out with someone over all this stuff. (laughs) And that's the rotated review. Want to join me for the next review? Send in your suggestions to the onrotation podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Twitter at the onrotation or Instagram at OnRotationPodcast. Make sure you hit that follow button while you're at it. To read this review fully, see my blog, or listen to past episodes, log on to OnRotationPodcast.wordpress.com. And now it's time to take a look at what pops this week in news. Tina Turner is using her upcoming documentary to step out of the spotlight and into the next chapter of her life. The film, simply called Tina, will detail the 81-year-old singer's rise to fame as well as her battles with mental and physical health. In the film, Turner expresses it wasn't a good life, the good did not balance the bad. Tina is set to premiere March 27th on HBO Max. Drake is the first solo male artist in history to have the top three songs on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in the same week. The rapper achieved this feat with debut singles What's Next, Wants and Needs, and Lemon Pepper Freestyle that all came off his most recent project called Scary Hours 2. Drake is the third artist to receive this honor behind the Beatles and Ariana Grande. And John Legend is one of the multiple individuals in the entertainment industry to comment on the recent influx of anti-Asian violence. The singer tweeted about a string of shootings that took place on March 16th at two spas and one massage parlor in Atlanta, Georgia. Legend called the ordeal, quote, absolutely horrible, and said our nation needs to reckon with the increased threats being directed at our Asian American brothers and sisters. Six out of the eight individuals killed in the shootings were Asian American. And that's going to do it for this episode. Feel free to tune in next time when we rotate through a whole new slew of topics. Keep it real, y'all. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.